Old radio. Old radio. Old radio. Old radio. Old radio. Comedy podcast. Welcome to episode forty-seven of season four of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Audrey Totter started her acting career in radio and soap operas in Chicago in the 1930s, such as Ma Perkins and Bright Horizon. This led to a seven-year contract with MGM and many popular films in the 40s, especially in the film noir genre. By the 1950s, the tough-talking dames that she usually portrayed had waned in popularity, and she was released from her contract. She made a few more films for other studios, but her film success began to wane. She focused mainly in television and radio in the 50s and 60s, in such radio shows as Meet Millie, and such TV shows as Cimarron City, The Joseph Cotton Show, The Californians, and others. In the 1970s, she played Nurse Wilcox in Medical Center, and her final acting role was as a nun in Murder, She Wrote in 1987. She died in 2013, aged 95. Now sit back and enjoy the episode Sponsoring the Frenchman, from Meet Millie, starring Audrey Totter. And now, Meet Millie, transcribed and created by Frank Galen and starring Audrey Totter. <laughs> yes, it's time to say hello to Mama, played by B. Benadaret, and Alfred, played by Marvin Kaplan, as once again we meet Millie. <laughs> Well, Millie Bronson and her mama get along as well as any mother and daughter you ever saw. As a matter of fact, about the only criticism Millie ever makes of mama is that occasionally she's too good-natured. As we drop in on our friends this morning, Millie seems to be in the middle of just such a complaint. And you gotta stop letting people take advantage of you already. Who's taking? Just tell me, who's taking anything of me? Everybody. Tramps come from miles around to see if it's true what they say about Mrs. Bronson. Okay, so I'm good to hobos. Why not? I say you can't judge a man by his clothes, Millie. A patch in the pants is not the window to the soul. <laughs> okay, but you overdo it. Like Wednesday. He was no ordinary hobo. He was working his way through medical school. Mama, if he was working his way through medical school, then I'm Winston Churchill and I don't have a cigar to my name. <laughs> but he was going to medical school. I could tell. How? You know that alcohol the doctors used to put specimens in? Yeah. I could smell it on him. <laughs> Fine. Look, Mama, what I really object to is this habit you have of loaning money to all the neighbors. Everybody in town knows you're a pushover for a hard luck story. Everybody... All right, all right, all right already. What started this, anyway? You know what started it. Alfred Prince Metal said he's coming up to ask you for a big favor. It's because he knows how soft you are. My goodness, such a fuss. We don't even know what the favor is. But that screwball Alfred, it could be anything. Don't worry. I wasn't born every minute. <laughs> you seem to think I'm feeble-minded or something. Must be Alfred now. 
Come in. Hello, Alfred. Good morning, ladies. How do you feel, Alfred? I'm in a superb condition. Feel that muscle. <laughs> Never mind, Alfred. Uh, what's the favor you wanted? Just a second. I'm feeling it. <laughs> amazing. Come on now, Alfred. What's the favor? Well, uh, I'm afraid to ask you because you might have refused to do it. And if you did, I'd be hurt because I'm so sensitive. And if I were hurt, I might take my life. And I'd never forgive myself for killing somebody so handsome. <laughs> Alfred, the world went that way. You hate me. <laughs> no, she doesn't, Alfred. Come on now, what's the favor? Well, it's really for a fellow I met in the library this morning. Gene DeCray. He's a Frenchman from France. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that country's just loaded with them. <laughs> what about this Frenchman, Alfred? Well, he has no friends or relatives in this country, and his visitor's permit has expired. And unless he gets three people to sponsor him, they're going to ship him back to France tomorrow. Oh, what a shame. Well, Alfred, Millie and I would be very happy to vouch for you. Just because... a second, Mama. Huh? <laughs> Nothing personal, Alfred, but... We don't know anything about your friend, Jean. How can we vouch for him? Oh, that's right, Alfred. After all, you yourself just met him in the library this morning. What do you know about him? Those cultured few who thirst for knowledge and beauty know each other at a glance. <laughs> I think it was fate that made us both reach for that copy of Esquire at the same time. <laughs> Some art lover. How do you know what kind of a character he has? You can trust me. I know a lot about character. He should, Millie, being such a big one himself. <laughs> Was that just a mistake, or do you hate me? <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, listen, Alfred, we can't vouch for a man we don't know anything about. If you met him, you'd see what a fine chap he is. He's downstairs. I'll go and call him. I'll be right back. Alfred. Oh, Millie, what's so wrong if we help this poor fella stay in the country? We could use another Frenchman. Charles Boyer's been carrying the load long enough. <laughs> that surprises you, Mama. This man may be a criminal or a murderer. Oh, that's silly. Why, he's probably just a nice young fella. Well, here's that... my friend, Jean Decray. Jean, Miss Branson, Mrs. Branson. Enchanté, Madame et Mademoiselle. I'm very happy to meet two such charming creatures. How do you do? <laughs> How do you do, Mr. Decray? Millie and her mother wanted to find out more about you, Jean. Ah, uh, but of course. Yesterday, to be in this position, at the tender mercy of such lovely ladies. Jean Decray thanks you for your kindness. Madame Branson? Yeah. I kiss your hand. Oh, Mr. DeChrist. <laughs> now, Mademoiselle Bronson, I kiss your hand. No, thank you. Well, uh, listen, Mr. DeCray, as long as you're puckered, here's my other hand. C'est ton idée, ma Mama, control yourself. I can't help it. I, I like to have my hand kissed. <laughs> Reminds me of that cocker spaniel we used to have. <laughs> uh, 
Does it feel good, Mrs. Branson? Oh, it feels wonderful. Jean, would you mind kissing my hand? <laughs> well, it's only the hands of the ladies we kiss, mon ami. Mademoiselle. Oh, it would break my heart to have to leave your country. America has something that you cannot find in France. A certain, uh, uh, je ne sais quoi. Alfred, how do you say in English, l'argent? Money. That's it. <laughs> I see. Also, you American women. Oh, oh. Hey, Mademoiselle Branson. Me? Oui. Vous avez un grand beauté, un visage parfait, comme un rêve du paradis. Uh, quick, Alfred. English titles. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure when you speak so fast. Uh, either he said, your face is like a beautiful dream of paradise, or your rear axle is stuck in the mud. <laughs> Alfred. Uh, Mr. DeCray, mm. would you like something to eat? Maybe I could run down and buy some crepe and throw it over a Susanna. <laughs> well, uh, thank you very kindly. But when the eyes are full of beauty, the stomach does not exist. Oh, clear the runway. I'm taking off. <laughs> Madame has a wonderful sense of humor. I, uh, I don't want to be a wet blanket, but we really have a problem to discuss. The Department of Immigration. Oh, yes, yes. All that is required is that you tell them at the department that you know me and that I am no criminal and I am free to remain in your marvelous country. What do you say? Millie, let's do it. He looks very honest to me. <laughs> the devil. <laughs> well, I don't know. Mademoiselle, it is, it is not something that you will regret. Jean de Croix kisses your hand, mademoiselle. What about it, Millie? Vivi la France. Ah, <laughs> oh, here we are. Department of Immigration, Mr. Cavendish. Hello, let's go in. After you, Millie. You're sure now, Jean, that all we're doing is giving you a character reference? Mais certainement. Is it that you do not trust me? Well, all right, let's go. Hello there, DeCray. Bonjour, Monsieur Cavendish. I brought my friends who will, uh, how do you say, a voucher for me. Oh, oh, I'm glad to hear it. Mademoiselle Branson. How do you do? How do you do? Uh, this is uh, her daughter, Miss Branson. How do you do? How do you do? And Alfred Prince Metal. Poet, sculptor, and man about town. <laughs> DeCray, I said three people, not two and a half. <laughs> He hates me. <laughs> no, Alfred. Mr. Cavendish, he's very sensitive. I'm sorry. Is he really a poet? Would you like to hear my latest poem? I call it Serenade to a Pair of Trousers. <laughs> Alfred, no, Alfred. N not, not now, Alfred, no. Never mind, Alfred. He believes you're a... I have to be a lover of poetry. I'd like to hear your poem, young man. Fine. Here goes. Bye-bye, New York. Hello, Paris. <laughs> Serenade to a Pair of Trousers by Alfred E. Prince Metz. I salute you, loyal garment, with your sharp crease and your occasional stain of grease. <laughs> Friend of man in his fight against nature for many a year as we've gone to the front 
You bring up the rear. <laughs> Blessings on you from waist to cuff. How well I know your life is tough. We walk in you and run in you and climb in you and dance in you. And sometimes there's even ants in you. <laughs> well, is that the end? Yes. I'm glad. <laughs> Nobody realizes my genius now, but wait until I'm dead. Well, where are you going, Alfred? I'm going to the river and talk myself out of jumping in. <laughs> you know, in France, we have people like Alfred. We have a name for them. What is it? Jerk. <laughs> An American import, huh? Well, Monsieur Cavendish, what, what have you to say? I think on the strength of the statements in your application, which have been vouched for by Mrs. and Miss Bronson, you can stay in the country and apply for your first paper. Oh, wonderful, magnifique, vive les États-Unis. <laughs> I'm going to cancel my boat reservation. I'll see you later. Oh, he's so happy. I can't understand why he waited until the last minute to bring you people in. Well, those French people do everything slowly. <laughs> uh -huh. Must be for meeting all those snails. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's lucky to have found two people who guarantee to give him a job. Yeah, that's what we were... <laughs> job? Guarantee job? What did you say? <laughs> oh, you two certainly are a couple of jokesters. You know as well as I do, you guarantee to get to Cray employment so he won't become a public charge. Aren't we the ones, though? I'm sick. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, goodbye now. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> Well, I'll see Mr. Boone Jr. about getting him into the office. If that doesn't work, we're in the soup. French onion. Well, it seems to me, Millie, you could just explain to this Cavendish fellow that decree tricked you. He'll never believe it. He'll think it was a trick to postpone the deportation. I'll have to get him a job. You think you could use him in the office? Well, I don't know. What does he do? He kisses your hand and makes little shivers run up and down your spine. <laughs> he starts tomorrow. He's just what this office has been needing. You wouldn't be jealous, would you? Me? Jealous of a fellow that kisses your hand? Ha! <laughs> it's very romantic. It is not. It's just bad aim. <laughs> Now, Johnny. I'll show you how it should be done. Please, Johnny, it's 11 o'clock in the morning. I, I told you, not during office hours. Johnny, no. Johnny? Uh, Dad. Mr. Boone. I uh, was just giving Miss Bronson a letter. Really? I could have sworn that you were a mother bird feeding worms to her young. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Boone. Forget it. Son, get me one of those new plastic ashtrays out of the stockroom. I want to check it with our specifications. Okay, then. Mr. Boone, I'd like to take this opportunity. What is it? Well, I think you ought to hire a continental salesman. Why? 
We don't have any Continentals to sell. <laughs> oh, that old poet was right when he said, a good joke is a plank in the ship of life. Don't look now, Mr. Boone, but I think your poop deck just collapsed. Huh? I'm sorry. What I meant was, you should hire a Frenchman. Miss Bronson. Did you give yourself a cold wave that went too deep? <laughs> no, uh, that was just a plank in the ship. I can tell you right now, with absolute finality, I am not interested. Oh, Mr. Boone, sometimes you act like a no cougaracha. What's that? How would I know? I'm no Frenchman. <laughs> Well, Millie Bronson and her mother don't play pool, but they've managed to land behind the eight ball. It seems she and Mama were trapped by a French friend of Alfred's, one Jean Decray, into guaranteeing the Department of Immigration they would get him a job. Mr. Boone Sr. refused to cooperate by providing said job, and as we join Millie and her mother now at the apartment, they're looking through the want ads. <laughs> Here's one. Elevator operator wanted. Good personality. But he's got that, all right. Yeah. Good clean appearance. He has that, too. Female only. Oh. How do you like that? He's got all the ingredients in the wrong type of architecture. <laughs> oh, I don't know what we're going to do. Mr. Cavendish is coming tomorrow from the Department of Immigration. How did two smart girls like us get mixed up in such a mess? I don't know. That silly Frenchman rolls his eyes at us and we go all to pieces. Well, I'm not going to take it anymore. Neither am I. From now on, we're going to give him the cold shoulder. That's right. I'm going to be just like a piece of ice to him. Hello. And how are my lovely girls this evening? Nelly put a pan under me. I'm melting. <laughs> Well, I'm not. Now, listen here, Jean. You've taken advantage of us long enough. We can't get you a job, and we're going to tell Mr. Cavendish the truth, even if we have to go to jail. Mademoiselle. Don't you point those eyes at me. It'll do you no good. Yeah. That's telling you, Millie. You heard what she said. Madame Bronson. And besides, with... <laughs> uh, Millie's looking at me, making a problem. <laughs> it won't do you any good, Jean. Ah, you gorgeous ladies, all right. Let them send me back to France. What if I die? Who will miss me? Is there one who cares if I live or die? Yes, one of the two gorgeous ladies. <laughs> Mama. I found a soft spot in your heart. In her head, you mean. <laughs> yeah, I see. And you, mademoiselle. Well, I admit I'd feel badly if you were deported. Oh, that's so generous of you. Well, what difference does it make? We can't find your job. When Mr. Cavendish comes in the morning, you'll find out you're not working. You'll be shipped back to France in the next boat. That's right. Even if we wanted to help you stay in this country, we couldn't. Oh, but my two birds of paradise are wrong. There is a way you can help me. The only reason they would not let me stay without a job is because I have no American relatives in this country. However... Now, hold my hand, Mama. Here it comes. If Mama here would pretend to be my mother... Oh, I, I, I wouldn't tell such a fib for anything. Or if Millie would say she was my wife. Yeah, I'm sorry, Jean. That's out. Well, I tried. Come in. 
Hello, it's me. Why so sad, everybody? <laughs> it's nothing. Alas, my poor friend. Poor Jean must be sent away from the country he loves. And you... Wait. Alfred, will you say you're related to me? I'm sorry, Jean. I can't stoop to tell a lie. I owe it to my position as recording secretary of the American admirers of Grandma Moses. Oh. <laughs> boy, Alfred. Come on, Alfred. I feel like going for a walk. Okay. I'll treat you to a hot chocolate, but on one condition. What? You pay. <laughs> okay. See you later, Mama. Goodbye. Au revoir, mes amis. Amusez-vous bien. What does that mean, Alfred? I'm not sure. Either have a good time or drop dead. <laughs> well, I might as well prepare myself for the lonely trip across the ocean. The last voyage. Oh, don't talk like that. The Frenchman knows when he has come to the end of his road. Madame Bronson, I would like to leave with you a token of remembrance of poor Jean. This pipe. Oh. I don't smoke, but I'll think of you every time I blow bubbles with it. <laughs> Thank you. We would have become good friends if it would permit me to remain in this country. I know, I know. It's not fair. It's just not... I won't let them send you back. I'll tell Cavendish I'm your mother. Sure, you will. Yes. Mama. I don't. <laughs> Miss Bronson, what's wrong with you this morning? <laughs> Nothing, Mr. Boone. I just don't seem to be able to sharpen this pencil. Do you think that could possibly be due to the fact that you have your finger in the pencil sharpener? <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll still hear of that. I guess my mind was wandering. Yeah, I'd say so. What's bothering you, Miss Bronson? My conscience, I guess. By telling a little white lie could have helped a poor boy stay in this country. How could I refuse and it mean so much to him? I'll hate myself if they send him back. Doggone it. Mr. Cavendish must be at the house right now. I'll bet I could still make it. Come back here. Mr. Bronson, come back here, I say. Well, I'm all alone. Gee, I just can't seem to be able to concentrate on this poem. Let me see. Serenade to an apple. I sing to you, O oh gentle apple. If they take away your peeling, will you have a naked feeling? <laughs> no. That's lousy. Why can't I concentrate? I know. My conscience is bothering me because I refused to say I was related to Gene so he could stay in this country. Say, Mr. Cavendish must be at the house right now. Maybe I can still do it. I will. I will tell a lie. Forgive me, Grandma Moses. Well, Mr. Cavendish is due any second thing. Are you nervous? Just a little, yes. I hope he believes you're my mother after... Meeting you as Mrs. Bronson in his office. Oh, he'll believe it. Don't worry. Ah, well, oh, uh, that's him. Oh. Uh, come in. Oh, 
Oh, it's Mr. Cavendish. Yes, I'm making a routine check. Uh, Jean, how is it you're not at work? Well, monsieur, I'm afraid I do not have a job. Oh, that's bad, Craig. Uh, you know that. No job, no relatives. I'm afraid it's back to France for you. Oh, no. <laughs> no, my friend. You're wrong about not having relatives. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, shall I tell him, mother? Uh, yeah, you tell him, son. <laughs> what? <laughs> we struck a nerve. <laughs> You mean to stand there and tell me, Mrs. Bronson, one, that you are this man's mother, and two, that he is your son? I was only going to tell you one. I thought you'd stumble on two. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me that when you were in my office? Well, we do not like it known that mother is my mama because she is so young. Yeah, what he says. <laughs> According to my records, Jean DeCray is 38 years old. Now, how could you possibly be the mother of a 38-year-old man? Mama was married very young. Yeah, I was a mountain girl. As uh, 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 you say in America, Billy is a hell. <laughs> I see. Uh, then I suppose you're French, Mrs. Bronson? What else? <laughs> Do you speak French? Do you? No, I don't. Um... A Chevrolet, um... Uh, <laughs> who <pays your> meat. <laughs> <laughs> <Parley> who, um... Mayonnaise. <laughs> Had enough? Yes, yes. Now, how do you account for the fact that you and your son have different names? Well, I, uh... That is, we, um... Do you mind if I talk it over with my son in, in, in French? Go ahead. <laughs> Let's see. Um, son, um, Mademoiselle from Armentier? C'est une question bien difficile qu'il pose. Chandelier lingerie. Nous aurions préféré en réponse, n'est-ce pas? Oh, la carte matinée. Mais oui. We may. Qu'est-ce que nous allons faire? Maurice Chevalier Ferdy Grow Je suis perdu. Nous sommes en grande difficulté. Well, what did he say? Ah, who can understand these foreigners? I want to know what's going on here. Do you mean to stand there and tell Hello, me that... Hello, Mom. I'm home. Hello, Mr. Cavendish. How are you? I'm a sick man. Maybe you can help. Miss Bronson, this is your mother. Of course she's my mother. You're sure? Don't be too sure, girly. <laughs> be quiet. Now, can you identify this man? That's Jean Dupree. Are you sure? Well, I ought to know my own husband. What? <laughs> Run for the hills, the dam is broke. <laughs> Mrs. Bronson, this is your son and this is your daughter? Well, uh, yeah. And you heard her refer to him as her husband? Yeah. Well? Well, uh, we've all loved Derriere in the Lonnie's 1890. <laughs> Vive les États-Unis! Please! Vive la France! Vive la Vive la! Vive 
I demand to know what's going on. It's very simple. Dean's my husband, that's all. Hello. Junior. Who are you? I'm Millie's fiance. Who are you? <laughs> I am her husband. How do you do? He's married to her and he's engaged to her. You've never been in France, huh? <laughs> Hang on to my sanity. I must fight, fight. I must. Am I in time? Alfred. Papa. Oh, Viva la France. Viva la French. Sit down. Sit down. That's it. You'll be all right. I'll be all right. I guess it didn't work, eh? Oh. I'm sorry, Mr. Cavendish. We didn't mean any harm. We liked Dean and we wanted to help him. Well, well, you did help him. He can stay in this country. It's obvious that he has plenty of friends. Oh, that's wonderful. Marvelous. Yeah. Congratulations, old man. I'm very happy for you, Papa. <laughs> Not now, Alfred. Mr. Cavendish, you must come up and have dinner with us next week. I'm sorry. I won't be here. Why not? If all you people are going to be in America, I'm taking the next boat for friends. Good night! You know, it's public servants like that that make this country what it is. on tonight's transcribed show were Rye Billsbury as Mr. Boone Jr., Earl Ross as Mr. Boone Sr., Gerald Moore as Gene, and Paul Duboff as Mr. Cavendish. Music was composed and conducted by Irving Miller. Don't forget next week when you have another date to Meet Millie, starring Audrey Totter. Directed by Bill Manhoff, produced by Frank Galen, and written by Bill Manhoff and Joel Kane. Bob Lamont speaking. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks.